Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And I'd like to, since it's Tuesday, you know it, we're talking about uh, food and drinks with the one and the only Andrew Dembina. Andrew, Mr. Dembina, good to speak to you today. And you, on a very bright and sunny day. Take my word for it, Noreen. <laughs> In the outlying island. <laughs> day. i got to say, it's really, really hot. Um, well, yeah. it's 31 degrees, and I'm just looking at the weather report. It's going to be extremely hot in the afternoon. They don't give you any specifics as to what temperature yeah. will be, but just extremely hot in the afternoon. Um, it, yeah, sorry, go mm, on. It's been going, but I mean, this has been the case now since pr- prior to the typhoon, to the TAs, hasn't it? I mean, it's been for a couple of weeks at least that we've been kind of hitting these 30 plus. Uh, I guess it's normal in Hong Kong, isn't it? But. It might, it might go on a bit longer. We're hearing about all of these different uh, heat waves going on. Beijing's had it worse than here, oh. uh, with uh, days above 35 degrees. So I guess we can be thankful for small mercies. Exactly. Uh, you know, so now the government has introduced this sort of um, oh, yeah. uh, heat stress uh, at work warning, um, which, mm. you know, we, we, we tend to give them out. But I really have a difficult time sort of um, knowing, I mean, I mean, it pops up on the screen, of course, in front of us. But then I think, yeah, right. you know, the difference between 60... 9% relative humidity, which is right now, um, to, mm. I don't know, 75 is quite minor. Um, and then, I mean, right now the heat stress warning isn't in force, but then when it goes up to like over 70 something, it'll come in force. But I just think, oh, the people working outdoors or the cleaners or the construction workers, it's like, yeah, oh. I saw something, did you, I, I, saw, I saw something, forget which publication online few days ago where it showed some images of those in rural areas and I see them too and I feel really sorry for them who are cleaning outside who don't really have a shelter they do for example the island where I live there's a shelter in the hub of the main village near the ferry but once they go and disperse around other bits um, you know which are quite far from that there's nowhere for them to officially shelter so yeah. they have to have breaks in the shade of a tree or things like that. So it's kind of, um, yeah, this is really affecting people. And a lot of these workers tend to prefer to cover up, not to get too sort of sunburned or dark. Yeah. Um, so, they, so they have they'll, extra they'll layers. The, street, uh, the, 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 the risk of heat strokes, you know, it's just so yeah. hot. Out. I mean, I live in Kennedy Town, so there are a few parks. But then when you mm. just go along the MTR line to Shek Tong Joy or HKU, as it's, or, or, you know, Saing Pun, um, there aren't too many parks for them, or, yeah, not a lot of sheltered place for them to rest. No, very oh. tough, very tough. It's funny, the, um, it's, it's, it's meant to be really for outdoor workers only, this uh, heat stress warning, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. But, yeah. you know, sometimes when I have to go out to, to you know, do interviews or, or head yeah. out, and I've just got a short distance to go, you know, onto the MTR when I'm walking to, to the Admiralty office. And I'm just like, oh, it's so hot. And it's just a 10-minute yeah. walk outside. Yeah, I have to do that to get a ferry every time I uh, have an appointment off the fair aisle that I live. And yeah. it's, um, I tell you, that heat does sometimes give me stress, Noreen. <laughs> it does. <laughs> anyway, but, I mean, yeah. we're, we're very privileged. We, we just need to drink m- more water and just yeah. it, it will pass. So if you're listening Indeed. outdoors, you know, take all the necessary precautions. Take a break um, yeah. if you need to. And, yeah. and do drink more water or... Um, yeah, or coconut water is also very good for sort of the electrolytes. Ooh, that's natural expensive. way of doing it. Yeah, just add yeah. some salt in your water. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, the, the the first topic for today uh, might quench the thirst of some. I mentioned it two weeks ago. 
two Tuesdays ago that there was going to be the first ever award of the uh, quite well-known within the bar industry or by, let's say, cocktail lovers, Asia's 50 Best bar, Bars 2023 list took place right here in Kowloon. It was, a, it was an industry-only event, so the public could not join. Um, but it took place and it's, uh, it went off really well, so people travelled all of the contenders who didn't know whether they were going to get voted into the top 50. And as I've mentioned to you, Noreen, before, and we know because we've spoken about this, and the same organisation that does the Asia's 50 best bars list, uh, sorry, uh, best restaurants list, they always have also a numbers 51 to 100. So while they call it the 50 best, they're actually rounding up the top 100. But it's the 50 that the bars in this case and another time of the year the restaurants really really want to get into and i would say that this has become uh in the restaurant listings has become as important if not more so because of its digital reach as the michelin guide which was the traditional uh one that restaurants wanted to get into but back on track mr dembina and uh <laughs> Mir, this is the bar list we're talking about and it all happened last Tuesday night in uh, a hotel in Chimsa Choi, a harbourfront hotel. Mentioned it last time, but not giving them a plug this time. There you go. Um, for, for a third year in a row, though, I do have to mention the name of this bar, Koa, which now tops the list, as I say, for the third time consecutively by a young Mr. J. Khan, J-A-Y is his first name, it's not the letter. And this is a place that has, I think it moved, it's been in two different um, buildings or uh, setups. It's in its second one now. It's in Soho. The first one was too. And his thing is focusing on al the algarve, uh, sorry, the agave plant, which is what makes mezcal and tequila once it is distilled. So from South America, mezcal is, is, it can't be called tequila because tequila can only be made in certain parts uh, in Mexico, in certain areas of Mexico. It's like champagne, you know, you can't call uh, sparkling wine champagne if it's not made in the region of champagne. So mezcal and tequila, mm -hmm. the staple spirits of parts of South America, um, he has got the biggest collection of them in Hong Kong, and congratulations to him. I must go on to say that the other bars um, that also did get something, um, I'll just quickly run through them. Argo, Darkside, the Aubrey, Penicillin, Quinnery, which has been in and out of that 50 best list for many years. I've interviewed the uh, the person who founded that for this very show, and um a newer bar called Mostly Harmless, The Old Man that's been around for some years now. And additionally, there were individual awards. Beckley Franks of the Pontiac, who I've also uh, interviewed for this show, uh, did receive something for the bartender's bartender. That's where, as it sounds, all of the bartenders voted on the best in the industry in the region. And she got it, Beckley Franks. If, if you haven't been there, and, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not endorsing this for this radio station, but I've got to say... Uh, the Pontiac Bar is um, an anomaly, and it's uh, it's quite a different bar to those that are appearing on this 50 best bar list because it is uh, more down to earth. It is you walk in and you, there are no airs or graces. It's it's but but it does serve 
really, really good cocktails, and I can vouch for its non-alcoholic ones as well. Top winners in Asia included um, several from the biggest competitor um, that we always compare ourselves to, the rivalry between Hong Kong and Singapore in restaurants and bars because they both have fantastic uh, options in both places. We, that is Hong Kong, got eight bars into the top 50. Singapore, I'm afraid to tell you, Noreen, got 10. They pipped us by two on the first time to hold this uh, event on home turf for Hong Kongers, whereas it's been in Singapore a few times. It started off um, when they launched the Asian edition of the 50 best bars. You know, originally, as I've mentioned before, but you may not have heard this, listeners, it was a world's best 50, which really means, as I said, top top 100, but you're only really kind of bang on about the top 50. Um, Then there was splintering into different regions. Latin America came first and then Asia. Um, They haven't separated it more than that, and I hope that they do, because it's been some years that Asia and Latin America have had their own uh, lists now. So let's hope they do it with other ones. So, yes, we have work to do. Hong Kong food and drinks industry, but great having it here, I'm sure. Um, there's a picture that I sent uh, a, a few pictures to to you there, Noreen, which is on your Facebook page. Yes, um, ready and, to go. Um, all, of, all, of, all of the people really enjoying it. And also, how good for Hong Kong to have people coming in from Tokyo, from India, sorry, Japan, not just Tokyo. Across Japan, there were bars that were nominated and made it into the top uh, uh, 100. Thailand, uh, Malaysia, the, the Vietnam, all, all of these places were in the top 100. So there we go. That's our first little uh, uh, segment of today. Secondly, I wanted to talk about something um, which I am very much into as I try to not have too much dairy produce. I have not ruled out out completely, but uh, but we always have two types of uh, milk in the fridge, dairy for Mrs. D and oat milk for myself. Uh, Years ago, we talked about dairy milk um, possibilities and we also talked about how maybe almond milk has more ecological impact than oats, which is still the case because of the way that almonds are farmed and need a heck of a lot more water for irrigation than oats do. And Oat milk has really grown, I think, as a result of people being mindful of this. I'm not saying that that people shouldn't have almond milk, to be honest. I do like that nuttier, um, sweeter taste of naturally sweet from the almond nuts that comes out of it, but it's just not the uh, maybe the best in production terms. For myself, it's not really an ethical issue that I don't eat dairy so much, although I do think more about that as the years go by, but it is more to do with um, the fact that I don't think dairy goes so well with most of the year's climates that we have in Hong Kong. That's why I don't drink, and I know there are people who disagree with me strongly on this, too much whiskey uh, in Hong Kong, even though it's my favourite spirit, because I really, even though you can be in aircon, it's not really conducive to most of the year's temperature, which is quite humid or the, the climate, I should say. Is that Doesn't your favourite so spirit, well. Anders? I thought it was gin. No. In fact, no. gin gin is what I drink more of now because, to yeah. me, it makes sense in yeah. Hong Kong. Because um, it's so uh, hot. Yes, it's hot. And also, it's so a lighter spirit. Yeah, yeah, a lighter spirit, whether, you know, with, 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 a, with a mixer. I mean, whiskey is, is my go-to, but there are about two or three months of the year where I will drink it and the rest of the time, no thanks. So it's, uh, 
yeah it's it's just it's just and dairy for me is the same when i first came to hong kong when there were um almost no cheeses to choose from apart from in very expensive gourmet supermarkets um it uh it didn't really seem to me to sit well with uh the climate in hong kong either oh, so i've got I, a great summer's drink because you know I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big drinker because you know i've been yeah. pregnant and then you know pregnant You're again and pregnant exactly and then, yeah. and then breastfeeding and whatnot so i've you know just given yeah. up on alcohol so nowadays i drink um a gunner which is basically oh yeah yeah oh that's it's like basically mm. half ginger beer and then well that's how i make it half ginger beer half ginger ale and then yeah. i'll add um some uh, l- lime cordial and then some bitters in it just a couple yeah, of drops oh, good. you've got yeah. you've got the bitters as well yeah oh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and, and, and they have a minute amount of they do have a little bit of alcohol in them the bitters but it's oh, really? almost oh. negligible yeah yeah i mean it's they're, they're i mean they are distilled in the same way that spirits are um, but uh, I think it's something okay. like less. It's zero point zero, whatever. Uh, okay, it's kind yeah, of almost yeah. nothing. So, but it, but it's, um, but so, so, so it does appear on menus as uh, as an alcohol-free drink. But it's, uh, but it's like some alcohol-free beers also do have a, a negligible amount and oh, nothing yeah. that unless zero point zero five percent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it's, but it, that's just because it's made in the same way as uh, um, as spirits are. It's stilled. From different flavors, do you do you always use the same? Do you use the traditional brand of bitters that are in it, or do you mix or do you try different bitters? Oh, I, yeah, I, I use the original one, the one with the yellow yeah, cap. Yeah, yeah, the one beginning with A. Yeah. Well, it's um, <laughs> I don't even know um, what it's. Yeah, I don't know what brand that is, to be honest. I haven't even looked at oh, the okay. brand. I just sort yeah. of always remember the one. Remember the one with the yellow cap. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when when I, when I was. Uh, um, off on some media trip when I used to do a certain amount of uh, travel writing. In the, in the latter years of it, um, I, I came across more and more interesting distilleries, and gin was something that was becoming more and more popular, and bitters of different flavours were too. So on one trip to Canada, there were, yeah, on one trip there was a gin maker that made a great range of bitters of locally farmed uh, fruit and veg. So it would have some celery bitters which has a kind of a more you know savory edge to it if you put a few drops in your drink i bought i bought a few of these back to hong kong and rhubarb which was really an unusual sort of little taste and unless you put a lot in you can't really detect the full flavor of those uh of those special ingredients Whoa, Anywho, Andrew, I ha- yeah, yeah. We're, we're completely yeah. <laughs> off topic so it's yeah. um I, well i can't pronounce the bra- uh, angostura uh, angostura yeah, ang- angostura, oh, angostura, angostura bitters yeah that's the yeah, that's the classic. Yeah, they have Indeed. orange flavor too. Orange bitters. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. You'll Whoa. have to, you'll have to try it. Whoa. Yeah, you'll have to see, see what you think. If you put enough drops in, then you can detect it. But it depends <laughs> on what else. Don't leave out your lime cordial and just go for the orange and see if you can taste it. So mm-hmm. you might you might like it, especially yeah. especially as a refreshing drink there. So, um, New Zealand has become, although not globally successful, but it has become home to lots and lots of different uh, oat milk makers. And I'm always scouring for our chats for news from the region, so Asia-Pacific region, so New Zealand will, will work. And in, in, a, uh, in a website on, uh, on good, wholesome food called Good Lids, um, I read last week an interesting interview with one of the top producers uh, of oat milk from New Zealand. 
and um, they have been really rated highly globally. And you can actually uh, get their oat milk here. It's called um, Otis, and um, it's not in many places in Hong Kong. You don't see it in supermarkets as much as the uh, big-name UK one that seems to be everywhere, and, uh, and, a, and a few other brands as well. But, um, but they, they do... Uh, they do have a good reputation when, you know, you get these kind of judging different uh, dairy-free milks against each other. And what's really nice, what I like about what they do, is that they also uh, use oat growers who are promoting arable rotation systems. And that is that, uh, that you don't have the same crop in the fields every month. This is a very traditional way of farming arably, and it's not something that you see so much in this part of the world as in uh, cooler, temperate climate places, is that crops, you'll have years where you have one crop that takes out certain nutrients from the soil, and then it becomes known through farmers' generations of experience that if you put another crop in there, um, you won't finish off the nutrients that one plant crop has taken out of it you know that that it will then that that plant will prefer different nutrients from the soil and then there'll be a grazing year of cattle if someone is a farmer or there'll be some agreement between farmers that cattle can go on to somewhere where where wheat corn or other grains oats were grown then so they're so they're kind of championing the old school crop rotation and the the person who founded it is uh, in his 40s, and he's called Tim Ryan. He comes from a family of farmers uh, in, in New Zealand. And, and he started it by coincidence, maybe, going back to something I said that I was saying earlier on, because they thought that the dairy industry was really just decimating the landscape of their local um, sort of uh, community. And so he decided to take the plunge to, uh, to turn what would have been dairy farmland into uh, oat planting land to go for his first batches of oat milk. They became so popular that then he needed to buy in his oats from other farmers, and that's why they then chose those that do this rotation system. And I just thought it was interesting that not only does oat milk itself have some... Uh, some properties which are, you know, more healthy maybe than the fats that are in dairies, but that they've been championing and looking after the other farmers around there. Lastly, um, I wanted to mention something uh, very quickly that dropped on Netflix. If you have Netflix, and I'm not promoting it, but if you do happen to have it or you have friends that do and you're popping around to them, try and see a documentary that was released in 2021, but it's only just arrived in Netflix Hong Kong version. Um, it's called Roadrunner a film about Anthony Bourdain, and that's the full title. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this person. Have you ever seen any of his TV programmes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was considered a rogue of, uh, of, of, of food reviews. He wrote a book called Kitchen Confidential back in the 90s, which told the story of what really happened in kitchens. He himself was taking uh, illegal... Uh, energy enhancers, shall we say, in the kitchen to get through some of those very long shifts through the night. And it goes back to him as a boy and what got him into um, chefing and then what got him into becoming a TV personality. Sadly, he did take his own life um, mm. in 2020. And this film was made shortly after that. And you get some very emotional chefs from the U- uh, US that knew him because he was based in the US. Uh, David Chang and Eric Ripper 
who um, repairs a French chef where um, uh, he, who was in charge of a, a restaurant that uh, that Bourdain worked in. It's just a really good human story, and if you are looking for something food-related to look at, I would yeah. say go for Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Mm. And I know that we're coming near to the end, which is why I rushed through that. Thank but, you, uh, Andrew. Yeah, he yeah. was a great presenter, wasn't he? He just, you know, he tried all sorts of interesting food, you know, that you know, uh, um, more, more backstreet food. And yeah, he was yeah. just a good... And he loved to travel, and he just went everywhere. And I thought, yeah... He, he was, was good at doing the travel travel logs. He rubbed a few people up the wrong way with ego but what you know a lot of chefs do yes. anyway <laughs> anyway well thank you so much andrew for your time today and i look forward to more chats with you next week take care and bye for likewise now.